This is a Honky Tonk Man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, and you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in 2019, is Dylan Gott recording the fucking wrestler review. I'm John Hastings. Ooh, I am Dylan Gott. Pound my fucking butt pussy. Ladies and gentlemen, the butt pussy is lubricated not with KY, but with WD-40. <laughs> because tonight we're going down to the farm. We're going to talk about the end of the territories, the gimmick that killed us all. Not Buck Zumoff, because... That guy stopped contributing to Patreon, so we may get away with it. <laughs> Bunkhouse Buck Zoom Off. Oh, no. Would be no, he started again. Oh, he did? <laughs> we we got to do that fucking episode. Damn it. No, I think there was another guy that he didn't do. So thank you very much for your patience, everyone who's uh, contributed to Patreon. We will get around to your Patreon pledges next week. We'll figure one out and we'll announce it on Twitter because John is in the Edinburgh Fringe and I have a story to tell you guys that has taken up a lot of my time. One of my friends held a shit in so long that it filled his butt so much up that it rubbed his prostate and he had a bit of pre-cum when he went to take a dump. Who, who was <laughs> it? I'm, I'm pausing the show right Ian now. Ian Gordon. Okay, we're back and I think Dylan just said the name. <laughs> Ian Gordon? Yeah, it was Ian Gordon. That's the best stuff ever. <laughs> he, he held... So apparently there's a phenomenon <laughs> that you can hold a shit so long that your dump rubs against your prostate and you start nutting a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Burns, friends, friend of the show, had a joke about how uh, his hardest morning boners in his 40s were just because he had a hard shit. <laughs> a hard shit he punched is such a good phrase. Was him just saying, I got a shit. Powering my prick. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's so fucking weird. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of a shit that powers a prick, Bunkhouse Buck, a.k.a. Jimmy Golden. Here's the thing I didn't know about Bunkhouse Buck. That is that what? He was Jimmy Golden for literally 25 years yeah. before he was Bunkhouse Buck. Imagine that. It, he is the equivalent of a Shakespearean actor who then became the alien on a Star Trek movie, and now all he... It's Glabnorf! You, you think Jimmy Golden is a Shakespearean presentation? He is the equivalent of that, and that a very limited amount of people have seen him, and they love him. But let me tell you, he will always be remembered as that guy with Arn Anderson when I started watching WCW. Yeah, that's true. That's a lot of the... Uh, so John's uh, got the old WCW knowledge coming out as prostate Ooh, let's watch wcw main event on saturday afternoon gordon soley's visibly drunk <laughs> walking into the ring now is arn anderson let me tell you i could really go for a marlboro red cigarette you know what i wish the times when i missed sorry i missed the time when wrestling like you just had to watch it live or it was gone yeah as do i how many times I just go on Instagram to look at a f like a fat woman's ass and like I just end up getting some of fucking something ruined for me? I had SummerSlam. Like every the, the every end of every match in SummerSlam, I just went on Instagram like during a show and we were all done. I haven't watched it yet, and it's very it's one of those weird things where it's so hard to avoid spoilers, and I'm just like, I'm gonna get through this festival, and then I'm gonna have a day where I'm going to watch the entire show. By myself. <laughs> Yay! Because I do wrestling the way it's supposed to be done. Alone. No <laughs> you, oh, you think you're a better broadcaster than Michael Cole? I didn't realize you were a fucking idiot. There you go. 
Pardon me. Which, where, which part of this coffee shop has the darkest corners? Because that's where I want to watch my fun, fun play fight. Hello, Artisanal Coffee Shop. I just want to be here and be real. I don't like that pro wrestling is now being featured on many ladies I've had one night stands Instagram stories. Because they're all like, it's like burlesque. And it's like, it is not like burlesque. (laughs) Do you know how badly Vince McMahon would treat a burlesque performer (laughs) if they were alone? I guarantee that he's technically eaten two burlesque performers' nipple tassels. Wait a minute. Burlesque so a fat stripper? Yeah. I don't like him. <laughs> there you go, John Cobb. He can't fucking take it. He can't take the truth. He, now, Jimmy Golden was invented when Gorgeous George fucked, I assume, a hamburger somewhere <laughs> in the South. It looks like Jimmy, like uh, the gigolo, was gigolo Jimmy Del Rey was just Jimmy Golden, essentially. Absolutely. Well, Jimmy Golden is clearly one of those people that Jim Cornette loves. Like. Yeah, it's a great name, Jimmy Golden. Listen up, you fucking cunt. You haven't fucking lived. Do you see Tommy Rich, Jimmy Golden, fight the Louisville, Kentucky fucking Civic Center? It was in 1980, and they went 11 and a half hours, and my grandmother shit herself. Best finishing move of all time is the bottom wrist lock by Jimmy Golden. Yeah. Oh, you haven't fucking lived. Do you see Jimmy Golden attempt a drop kick and then get confused? <laughs> Greatest wrestling match I ever seen was Jimmy Golden had a man in a headlock for 20 minutes because he wanted cigarettes off that man. Yeah, it was Jimmy an Golden was match. born the cousin of Robert and Ron Fuller. Never good to be in that family. It is very good. Oh, yeah. Hey, we just had another boy. Who's drinking? That fucking baby is. <laughs> He's <laughs> a Christian. <laughs> so basically what his... His family, uh, he's born into a wrestling family, and they are credited with bringing wrestling to Tennessee, which is sounds like you were there when the Big Bang happened. There was a Big Bang, and then a man in Tennessee was like, well, how about we do a play fight where a white man beats up a black man? Listen up, Jim Crow laws. If we rig it, you can't tell us what to do. (laughs) Guess what? Black man whose name is Robertson, but for the purpose of this will be called Jenkins McRetardo. (laughs) McRetardo. You get in the ring and you eat the rope and then (laughs) I win. No touching. I do not want to stain my skin. And that is what Rory Welch, Jimmy Golden's grandfather, wanted to happen in wrestling. He just wanted... 100%. This is this is okay. How right? about I beat up minorities? Yeah, and then people pay money. Uh, I don't need that part. Yeah, <laughs> Roy, Roy Welch was part of one of the the many promoters that were the old super old school like nineteen forties fucking wool trunk promoters. Great. That were then bought out and or screwed out of their money by a young enterprising um, uh, promoter. For example, uh, Bill Watts did it to Leroy McGurk. Leroy McGurk is probably my favorite old school promoter. Blind still drove. Now, <laughs> uh, um, he, uh, Roy Watts partnered with the young upstart Nick Goulas, made famous for being the worst payoff man in wrestling. That's insane. It's like, t- that would be like, the he's the craziest pedophile at the pedophile house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all pedophiles, but that guy really likes he, kids. <laughs> yeah, he fucks sperm. <laughs> oh, yo. Yo, 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 yo. I nutted, never fucked it. I'm not a, that'd be sick, though, <laughs> if you were attracted to your own sperm. Well, I think you are attracted to your own sperm. You're attracted to your own sperm. Yeah, bro. I think it's gross. Um, as soon as it leaves my body, I go, bad. Dylan, my show's been going very well, but unfortunately, I cut a joke that only worked for three nights. 
which is where I talked for at length about how f- wide Boris Johnson's loads were. <laughs> and at a certain point, I was like, only Dylan wants to hear about... And the, the phrase that really... People must be weird when you compliment Boris Johnson, though. I literally was just like, say what you want about Boris Johnson. You look at that guy's face, and he's got fat loads. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, like, just a big pie face that probably takes a bunch of punishment. Yeah, no, you definitely... He literally... Like, it's, it's a dick that's it's wide but shallow like a plate. And when he comes, he goes, wow. See Boris Johnson. Uh, Boris Johnson is uh, the Roy Welsh of England, in that eventually he'll be dead, but his damage will long be lasting. Yeah, and he's like a he's like a right wing politician in England, but England English right wing politicians aren't like American right wing politicians. They're people that you could feasibly have at a dinner table. Yeah. They're not just like coming in and being like, I'll eat outside because if I go inside and I see the color pink, I'm going to have to come. I got news for you. There's a conspiracy against you serving me meat. (laughs) Now, this is how you know he's a quality wrestler. He doesn't know how he was trained. He, all right, Jimmy Golden, I will say this, smooth as silk in the goddamn ring, and I do believe he does not know how he got started in wrestling because he was born, he was, like, everyone in his family was a wrestler. And also, every, like, he's like the Forrest Gump of shitty southern wrestlers who got fucked by the WWE. Yeah. Because it's like, when he's done speaking to the Fuller boys, he walks across the street and talks to the Gibson brothers. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But that's the other thing. Down the road, Kamala's leg. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what, he's like, uh, if, if someone asked you like oh how did you learn to read John it's like I don't know like 75 people fucking help me and that's how Jimmy Golden was with the step over toe hole yeah probably. ironic Jimmy Golden can't read for sure he can't read he doesn't need to know he ain't read. no reading in the wrestling business I'll tell you why I don't sign contracts starts with C that's communist <laughs> Checks have numbers in them. I can't read numbers. Only the thing I what's tell. That's why I only work in Canada. Different colored bills. Yeah. Here's how you know you were too involved in wrestling as a child. Based on the research that was dutifully done by our research associate department, it basically goes into here's all the wrestlers he knows, and then it just says Frank Martinez taught him how to drop kick. <laughs> yup. And Mr. Christopher Hobson goes deep. He goes... Nine inches deep, all up in that information about wrestlers, poontang pie. Should we? Uh, <laughs> have you ever, in a moment of passion, said poontang pie to a woman? Not passion. <laughs> Anger? <Just> business. <laughs> Man, girlfriend, we're going into the bedroom, so you better cut me off a slice of that poontang pie. <laughs> Will wrestling ever gain acceptance that you can use wrestling phrases? anywhere but those were the wrestling fans that made me not want to tell people i liked wrestling where they'd be like can i get your order sir uh i'll have a slice of pie <laughs> strudel <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah which also means pussy somehow here's the rocks promos from 1999 every word means cock or pussy also gay is bad so yeah, he's not specific about who trained him. He grew up close to uh, Ricky Gibson, Robert Gibson's brother. This man is just a professional wrestler. Like, he'll just end up in the pro wrestling industry. I'll ruin something. Like, how this guy has not been featured on a Jim Cornette experience, saying something that could definitely be a slight against the Jews. No, because he's, dude, this guy is tight-lipped as fuck. And, I don't know, man, you can't really tell anything about if he's a racist or not. If we have... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, you mean (laughs) what you think about the Jews is fine. 
Well, listen, I don't express it. I just show them my paintings. <laughs> Here are the colors. Red. <laughs> Ooh. White and blue. I draw the American flag. Which are is you serious? Symbol of welcoming. These colors run. don't run. And, yet, and you shouldn't run away from me because guess what? I believe in one race, the human race, which we're all a part of. You thought I was going to be racist there. No. Accepting. No, I looked into your eyes and knew what you were saying. I was winking a lot. You made a fist so hard, you dug into your own hands, and now you're bleeding everywhere because you're so angry. I made a fist so hard, I just fisted myself. I can fit my fist in my own ass, and it's super easy for me. Apparently, his grandpa, (laughs) so he was asked about when his training, like, does anyone take liberties with him? And he said, Grandpa Roy was rough on us. He was a lot of fun. Oh, no. He roughed us up quite a bit, especially me and Robert. I gotta say, oh fuck, you know what that means. Roy, it's me. You scared of the gingerbread? Yeah, you gotta get a place in your house where your boys will be boys. To take all the guesswork. No, no, make clear. I'm not talking about anything biblical, mum, dad stuff. I'm just talking about you. Make sure that. A man's got to have one dislocated finger. That way you know that when he's shaking your hand, he means it. And then you fuck him in the ass. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I did that with Smith. And now we can't get him out of the house. <laughs> oh, I don't <laughs> I did that with Smith. <laughs> yeah, no, it was an experiment. I tried that. It's, it's not a good disciplinary <laughs> tactic. You think that it would lead to more uh, insight from the jail, but unfortunately just tears, and Helen made me go buy toilet paper, which I'm against. <laughs> I believe that a man's fluids should dry on his backside like a cow. <laughs> it's very important for a man to be like a cow. <laughs> Honest to God. Hey. <laughs> Here's the thing that no one knows. When I'm alone in the house, I'm just doing st- like Stu Hart. Last night I couldn't sleep and I was in this room reading a book and just every few sentences I'd just be. <laughs> well, you'll have a stroke and sound like that one day. I already have. It's very important. For I'm, a right man now to be I'm like doing the impression. <laughs> this is actually me. <laughs> this is my boot. <laughs> he started wrestling. In 1970. Okay, but let's go through all of his opponents because it literally goes... Oh, these are... By the way, if, if you didn't think Jimmy Golden, guys, was a territory enough name, you are about to hear some pro wrestling territory goddamn wrestler names. Please stop kicking the bed. Ooh, please stop living, John. This is how I live. This is how I express myself. If I stopped living, then you know what this podcast would be? It'd be you and Ian Gordon and he'd be too busy jizzing in his pants from his hard <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, if that was the whole podcast. Shit Review is a good podcast. You tell me you wouldn't watch a public access show where I told them it was something <laughs> and then just filmed a show where I reviewed my dumps from the week. <laughs> Monday? Not good. Not a good day Let for me. me. Didn't have a much, uh, enough uh, legumes. <laughs> All right, here are the people that Jimmy Golden wrestled. Number one, Pancho Villa. Pancho Villa. That's how that was named. Roy Welch was just near a Mexican restaurant. What do you not whites <laughs> call this type of architecture? Uh, it is a villa. Ah, and what's that dress shirt you're wearing, woman? Uh, my name is Hector. Ah, weird name for a woman. <laughs> Men wear pants. I really like the idea because in the translation, I could be wrong, but isn't the essential translation if they had a English wrestler named uh, like Coat 
town. Yeah. I think it's Coat House. <laughs> Coat House. What's your what's your wrestler name? International House of Breakfast. Yeah. Updated it. My name my name is Chair Table. <laughs> I'm Swiss Chalet the wrestler. Very, very sexy stuff. Get him naked. Suck it up. How southern is Jimmy Golden? Well, he is an Alabama world champion. That's what I wanted to talk about. Alabama tag team title with Mighty Atlas. Defeated Big Bad John John and Pepe Lopez. Fun fact about (laughs) Big Bad John. That's who that song's written about. Really? Yeah. Cool. It's fucking funny. And then, ooh, now we get really dirty. At 21, he goes to Japan with Sam Bass, Dick Murdoch, and Bruno Sammartino. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) One guy talked. One guy politely left the room a lot. That's Bruno. (laughs) Yeah, Bruno Bruno nodded and moved to another room to remember that he's a a family man and will live into his 80s, while Dick Murdoch, I assume, just was like... Ah, ah, ah. That's what they talk like. Ah, ah. <laughs> you can't get cops for drunk driving if you're naked. Everybody knows that. Because they're trying to arrest you for pissing, but it's your car. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't driving a car. This is my toilet. Why's you think I shits in it too much? You think that you? I'm not allowed to drive my house. It's my house. <laughs> I'll move my house wherever I want, you pig fuck. I wouldn't call you a pig. Pigs are intelligent. You, my friend, are a rooster. <laughs> yeah. um, means I want to suck you. <laughs> that means I want to fuck you. I fuck roosters. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. Dick Murdoch, Bruno Sammartino, and then... In 1971, he starts tagging with Dennis Hall, a guy who definitely went on to have a career as a PE teacher. Yes. Against the Green Shadows, <laughs> which are what Dick Murdoch thought the Japanese people cast. Nice. He then wrestled for Tri-State Wrestling, which I think is the company name that's been used the most, and wrestled against Norval Austin and Sputnik Monroe. Sputnik Monroe, significant because? He introduced uh, what... You explain it. I forget which t- city it was. First wrestler to actually be involved in the civil rights movement and refused to uh, wrestle in front of a segregated audience, which caused wrestling audiences to be unsegregated and were some of the first events to be unsegregated in the South, which really yes. shows the power of wrestling. Where I, I don't like them, but I'll sit next to them. So, of course, the wrestlers at the time were like, no, we're not fucking segregating. Also, I guarantee it also came from the promoters that had to pay for police to enforce the segregation, and they were like, I don't want to do that. I'm already not paying the wrestlers. I'm also not paying the police. In 1972, he worked in Australia for two months. When Jim Barnett was in Australia, I assume on the run from the law after an affair with, according to some people like Jim Ross, Rock Hudson and most of a football team. (laughs) I have you ever seen a picture of Jim Barnett? Yes. Not an attractive man. No, not. Of course not. Anyone behind the scenes in wrestling, as a rule, is so dog shit ugly that it's almost incomparable. He actually calls this uh, one of the biggest mistakes of his career because he was supposed to go to Australia uh, later for a second run with Barnett, but just never did. Um, he met Brute, uh, sorry, he met Brute Bernard, Gary Hart, and Mark Lewin. This guy is the John Hastings. Of wrestling. He's been everywhere. He's done everything and no one fucking cares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. 
I hope you get on a sketch show as Bunkhouse John or Jack uh, Off John. You just can't stop jacking off. I can't stop jacking off. That's actually a true thing. He wrestled in championship wrestling from Florida, wins more tag team titles, the NWA Florida tag team titles with Robert Fuller. This is where we see him first teaming with Robert Fuller uh, with a Fuller in a relationship that will literally last in t- a 22 years until the end of his career. Yeah, because why wouldn't? Yeah, they really do complement each other well. Him and you put him and a Fuller in the ring, and it's like two guys who beat up your dad, and the only reason they won is because there was two of them. They just ruined the barbecue. It's also, yeah, that's exactly it. It's your dad's brothers, and it's the ones that have a car, but you're like, but you don't have an apartment. (laughs) Yeah. We're having the barbecue at grandma's house, and you guys just drove around the block. You live here. Yeah, they're having the they have the same car since high school and they're pumped up about it. Yeah. They it's something that doesn't really happen anymore. You don't really hear about the dudes still going to the high school parties because everyone's finally been like, Don't fuck a man, that's weird. Yeah, casually Daisy Views casually mentioning like this twenty nine year old hooks up with a bunch of sixteen year olds and that's sick and cool. Mate, that was when I was in high school, there's so many people, so many girls I know were like, Damn this twenty year old, it's wicked. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I always assumed if a guy was in his 20s and he was dating like a 16-year-old that they were a fucking loser. Yeah, I was like, what do you do? like wouldn't you date a 20-year-old? As my friend Paul told me, the women in porn are adults. Let's fuck adults. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's one of the most sage things he, a 13-year-old's ever said. Why do I want to try and have sex with someone who is my age and knows them as much about sex as I do? Well, if you watch porn, they know a lot about sex because they're adults. Let's fuck adults. <laughs> That's, I feel like he was maybe autistic. <laughs> no, he's just goal-oriented. <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever have sex with someone that was like, I had sex with a 56-year-old woman. <laughs> I fucked adults. He's had sex with a lot of people. I don't think anyone that old. He also has the biggest dick I've ever seen. So he. Oh, yeah, I think you've talked about this guy's dick. I haven't seen a bigger one in porn even. Really? Yeah. Well, have you seen any of the porn dicks live? Yeah. I'm one of those really? guys. I like to go meet the porn stars. <laughs> you go to the conventions? The idea that there's porn conventions. Hello, Peter North. Load off. Yeah. Right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, Peter North. I will come and you're allowed to touch my hair. <laughs> so, Peter North, by the way, Canadian man. One of since Canada is the world's biggest small town, people are like Peter North is from Canada. You know that, and I'm like, and what he does is he uh, had the most come, and that was his porn thing. Yeah, some people, some people have their signature on a piece of paper. His was bucket after bucket of loads, much like me. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. How do we keep warm in the winter? Peter North's come. <laughs> Out of Peter North's come, we go into uh, Jimmy Golden. It's 1973. He is 23 years old. This poor man, in 20 years, he will be on the main event on Ted Turner's TBS looking so worried. He is where he ends up in wrestling three years into his career. Like, he never moves past it. He's just a good hand who no one really wants to... Talk to or speak with. Exactly. (laughs) He's just, stay over there with your cousins... Don't fucking touch any of the craft services. Yeah. We'll call you for your match. Jimmy, I've said it before and I've said it again. Your last name is Golden because we want you to be a champion. 
Not because we want you to pee and not <laughs> uh, and not in a toilet. That would have attitude era Jimmy Golden. He's like he just drinks his own pee on the way to the ring. <laughs> this is Jimmy Golden. He's drinking his own pee. Oh, we ran out of ideas years ago. More after the break, you fucking dorks. Oh, it's time for a break to have a break. Break. Everyone's breaking. We're broken. Yeah. Not like Matt Hardy, because nice. we're not paying Impact any money. Yay. Go to Patreon.com, Wrestler Review. There's a backslash in there, and give us some fucking cash, you fucking shits, so you can decide what wrestler we review next, or to pay us enough money to get a Barry Darso tattoo. Only one of us will do that, because the other one already has given his body for stupid ideas. Now enjoy the rest of the episode, and if you don't, shut up, you're fat. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. Please give us so much money. Don't fucking correct my commercial. We're back from break. John, we were talking about this in the break, and of course this is all about Jimmy Golden, but it's also about erotic cakes. Did you know erotic cakes are like 200 pounds or some shit? I did not know that, but I'm happy about it. You can't just fucking send someone a goddamn ass cake nowadays for 10 bucks. I don't think you ever could. That's a purchase you have to invest in. And we're going to invest in cakes. Are you serious? Ass cakes. Ladies and gentlemen, if you donate <laughs> a, a one pledge of a Patreon, if a Patreon member gives us $150 uh, for one month, you get an ass cake. Or their phone number. Whatever. Yeah, we <laughs> will be given. No, actually, that one will happen. We don't give out your phone number and we do give you an ass cake. <laughs> yeah. It's got one of my real pubes on it. Yeah. And also one of my fake pubes. I keep a jar of other people's pubes I've stolen throughout time. Back on Jimmy Golden, he uh, gets to wrestle. What I mean is the peaking, I don't know if I spoke about this extensively, but he peaks in his career in 1973 because he gets to wrestle an NWA title match, which is basically like a, you're benighted as far as wrestling is concerned in the 70s. Because it was Jack Briscoe pre, uh, which was, you know, he's fresh on his run to eventually uh, have an actual fight with the Funks over the fakeness of wrestling. God, I love wrestling. God, wrestling so good. And uh, Jimmy Golden has a uh, feud with Don Carson that includes a black glove challenge, which in a post-OJ world, reads very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Who can kill her wife and not get caught the best? Winner gets <laughs> to kill his wife. <laughs> they could do that. Do you know on Lucha Underground, they actually like kill people? Yes, I do know that. And I got to tell you, I am fine with it. Are you? Wrestling needs something else, but I don't know. Hopefully, Lucha Underground gets real, real huge. <laughs> Within just like beheadings become a fine thing in wrestling. Um. He wins the NWA Florida Tag Titles for a second time. This with Bill Dromo beating Dusty Rhodes and Dick Slater. That's fucking good. All right. How, how many days has Jimmy Golden lived where he didn't hear a racial slur? I'm going to say the over-under is five. Here's the thing I want to say. I think Jimmy Golden doesn't say a racial slur. Racial slurs because he's so Christian he refuses to swear or anything he deems a swear word. But if you asked him his opinion on anyone but like white Southern 
men, he would just say something that's actually worse than that slur. <laughs> yeah. Because it would be like a well-thought-out, here's-what-I-believe essay. <laughs> they're bad by Jimmy Golden. They're, they're good men. They're good. They just have their place. He'd yeah. just say stuff like that. They're more comfortable being ruled. <laughs> a Jewish man just can't yeah. lift over 100 pounds, and that's a fact. Yeah. Genetically speaking, he's averse to work. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they read i don't understand why i can't be in the wwe <laughs> oh sure i ref- oh he has been in the wwe oh, I, oh, what sure did he I- do in the wwe john i'm gonna assume he was the gobbledygooker no oh what was he, he? played jack swagger's dad he played jack Swag twice jack swagger senior he played jack swagger senior and he was fucking great at it of course he was this is a man who's a pro Oh, fuck, I love this man. Give him a roll and he'll do it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's 1975. He participates in a blindfold battle royal. Again, Jim Cornette has talked about this match with love, as has Bruce Pritchard, and it's so funny that they're like, great idea, what a great time. These fucks in Ring of Honor doing a kick. What a bunch of fucking sellouts. Well, because you don't really realize this until you watch some good old-fashioned Jimmy motherfucking golden matches, but wrestling... And I think this is what Jim Cornette is talking about, essentially. Wrestling has forgotten that it's wrestling and that people used to just fake amateur wrestle, and that was most of the match. Yeah. Every Jimmy Golden match starts off with, what does it start off with? A goddamn single leg. Of course. Take Work that. around. Get in there. Irish whip. Irish whip. Uh, clothesline. Oh, my God. Go for the pin. No. And by the way, that moveset took 11 and a half minutes. <laughs> But here's the thing about that style of wrestling to me. Allow me to rant a bit. Dennis Miller, 90s style. I don't want to get on a rant here, but let me just tell you. Yeah. Pursuit is more like obtuse if you're really being jejun about the entire (laughs) eve. I don't want to get off on a rant here, but let me just tell you about tennis balls. They're really going to fall down my hall. (laughs) So he just rhymes now? Yeah, he's a rapper. There was like, fuck, someone told me about a Spike Lee movie they saw where Spike Lee tried to make everything rhyme, but then halfway through just gave up because it's like, well, it's too hard to write this. It <laughs> started being a regular movie. I love that Spike Lee he had this weird period where he went from like, it was after his like first few movies where he was weirdly in them. He was like the Kevin Smith before there was Kevin Smith. And then he had this weird sort of wilderness period where he's just like, I found some money in a bag. The show's called, the movie's called Plaid Boys and it's about rap. Why is he bagpiping? Shut up. <laughs> I'm a genius. And then he made The Inside Man, and everyone was like, what a great heist movie. What a good filmmaker Spike Lee is. And he's like, let me tell you about white people. They're all evil, and I'm going to kill them. Oh, no, Spike. Did he say that? No, but he did make some... There was rumors of some Lauren Hill-esque comments from him. Why would a Lauren Hill say? Uh, I'd rather a black, people, uh, black baby die than a white person listen to my music. Holy shit, really? Yeah. She's the official soundtrack of Moms, so I'm sorry about that one, Lauren. That'd be like if Smash Mouth came out against people in Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> yeah, it's just, Smash sorry, man, that's your audience. Smash Mouth was like, I don't find that Jägermeister is a satisfying beverage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody the band Poison hates Jack Daniels. Yeah. yeah, it'd be like finding out Motley Crue is for consent. Jimmy, fucking golden. I have no idea how to get back to it. 
Well, we were all talking about activities that were cool in the 70s, and we're still in the 70s. Here's what I want to talk about is, all right, so that style of wrestling, the, like, it starts out as fake freestyle wrestling, and then you throw a guy off the ropes thing. Yeah. To me, looks so much weirder than the style of wrestling now, where they just start having a fake fight, because then it's kind of like... Doors open. It's a fake fight. Deal with it, asshole. You don't like uh, watching the fake stuff? Go watch something else and have a fucking boring ass dumb life. Whereas this one, it's like they're trying to convince you it's real and it just makes the pro wrestling stuff look way more fake. You know? Absolutely. And it's also what's interesting about Jimmy Golden is he even disagrees with the new quote-unquote model of wrestling that became prevalent in the 80s because he wrestled people like Lawler and he was like, never saw it. Dusty Rhodes, too fat. <laughs> no, he's actually like... He's very good friends with Dusty Rhodes. And you know this because we're this episode is really Buckhouse Bunk because that is his big character. And we'll get to this... Oh, well, let's talk about it now. Dusty Rhodes is obsessed with bunkhouses. He did an entire pay-per-view called the Bunkhouse Brawl. Yeah. Now, the Bunkhouse apparently was where the, the, the cow... The, the, the rodeo hand... The stable hands lived on a ranch. Yeah. And occasionally they'd have a fight called the the bunkhouse brawl. <laughs> and for some reason, this is a very colloquial like thing that only really existed, I think, in Dusty Rhodes' neighborhood. <laughs> and he was like, all right, that's for everybody. Is the bunkhouse brawl, baby. Here's how it goes. What you do is I come in and I'm covered in butter and then you got a brow. We all get some bed. We have to sleep. Whenever I decide we wake up, we have a fight. Bunkhouse definitely sounds like a place where uh, teens play with each other's jennies. For fuck's sakes, Jimmy Golden is the fucking... Yeah, oh, wait, wait. Go back. It sounds like a hand job parlor, really. Like, where teens go to play with each other's jennies? Is yeah. just called genitals jennies? <laughs> yeah, jennies. I call them jennies all the time. <laughs> Fuck me. Jenny McCarthy's. And then uh, What I do is I create a slang that is a reach to even get to, and then I create a slang off that slang and eventually make a slang that only I understand and then no one else understands it, and then I bomb at comedy clubs so because of call it. your dick a, a macker? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, then a show to the old uh, Val Kilmer. What? How did you get to Val Kilmer from Only penis? my balls. How did you get to <laughs> only your balls from, from Val Kilmer? No, I, I just made that one up. Oh, okay. I get. I guarantee in one week he'll be calling his dick Macker. Here's how we get there: genitals, Jennies, Jenny McCarthy's, McCarthy's, Mackies, Mackers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call them uh, something about anti-vaxxing. <laughs> and then I showed him my uh, polio definitely gives you Down syndrome. Yeah, I'll show him my. D- I don't have autism. Ignore those bricks. <laughs> So what are you saying about Jimmy Golden? Jimmy Golden was the guy who invented fucking 12-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was Jerry Lawler. Your favorite thing. <laughs> no, it's not. Invention. I'll tell you this about Jerry Lawler. You couldn't have a good match with him. You weren't much of a pro wrestler. Also, it was taste in women. Exquisite. <laughs> it's the only time he uses the word exquisite is yeah. to describe a 12-year-old. <laughs> I use it when I'm reading the Bible or I'm talking about uh, that young, clean Pussy. <laughs> oh, the Lord has given me the tightest pussy I've ever seen in Melee. I'm sorry. We're both very excited. Oh, I'm hungover. John's been at the Edinburgh Fringe. We're having... Okay, so at this point, 
Jimmy Golden is becoming the Forrest Gump of wrestling, where it's like yeah. he sees the Fuller brothers. He has a match with the Mongolian Stomper. He hangs out with Ron Fuller again. He starts the Stud Stable in 1982 with Arn Anderson, Lord Humongous, and um, Ron Fuller was the manager. Lord Humongous is Sid Vicious. I don't think you understand. I'm a lord and I'm humongous. I don't think you understand that I am actually someone who's seen a movie. <laughs> I'm the guy. How do I make it so my teeth sweat? I just do that. I've been selling farm chemicals. Uh, <laughs> I ingest a bit of every chemical I use to clean my house. It makes me feel good. I got an army cot. I use it to sleep because I would rather sleep than eat lunch. <laughs> um, he, oh my God, he fights the sheep herders, which became the bushwhackers. He tags with Tom Jones. Yes, that Tom Jones. They sing "Ooh, what a lady" and have a feud, <laughs> a feud with Midnight Express. Yeah, Tom Jones fucked him in the ass or whatever. Too far. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. Is what Tom Jones said to Up Ron the Fuller. ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they sit fucked. Tom Jones was on a chair. Jimmy Golden sat on it. I don't think Dylan's been hung over in eight months, and he's riding that wave great because he's just like, let me talk the way I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing about episodes like this, an episode like Jimmy Golden, and we did an episode last week where Chris Daniels in many ways was a territory wrestler wherein he did a lot of like little storylines on shows but like to try and explain every storyline that Christopher Daniels was ever in would have taken a full year of our lives and Jimmy Golden's a lot like that where Jimmy Golden is essentially the third match on a wrestling show wrestling yeah. shows are usually three hours long they put old Jimmy out there in a tag team because Jimmy and Robert Fuller or Jimmy and Bill Dromo or Jimmy and whoever could go get a good match where they'd lose and he has one of those faces where you just want to see him get beat up again for some reason 100 percent. he's like the he like a version of the miz i suppose also does he have another 60 minute match with the rick flair of course what a needless thing like that's what remember what you talked about how this guy in bright colors is beating people in three minutes and rick flair is having like a tete-a-tete -tete yeah. with like half of a tag team that's a yeah. contender, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just have okay. old Rick beat down Jimmy yeah. Golden, take his dick out. Hulk Hogan is helping a television star beat up two people that are bad. Yeah. Ric Flair is winded fighting a tired man. Yeah. Who, by the way, Robert Fuller and Jimmy Golden are, that's who they're working out is wrestling. They're one of those guys. And I was thinking about this. If I was a wrestler, I don't think I'd work out. You're fucking running around for 60 minutes. You're doing you're doing your crossfits anyway. Yeah, you know? and, then, and you also you don't want to be caught lifting weights with then with Harley weight race just getting in a car and be like, "We've got to go, motherfucker." <laughs> now buy me 12 beers. <laughs> yeah. That I think here's an interesting question that's kind of stemming from this. Do you feel like this, like maybe this is a bit of a weird thing, but Jimmy Golden, is a, he's a young veteran, clearly, in wrestling. Yeah. 1950, he's born, but he really learns wrestling in the 70s. Like he's yeah. really like a, he typifies that 70s style. Like he, he mixes it up a bit in the 80s, but like for the most, he's like a 70s style. He tries to update it a bit. It's a weird thing where that people older than him can get into the business and really since they learned in the 80s they're just part of a newer style well, i just think that's so I, interesting it's, what's one of those it's not an age thing it's like a when you learn that he thing got thing. into the business at the wrong time for his age basically 
I don't know, man. Because it's one of those things where if he got in a few years later, he would be a different wrestler altogether and be doing a different thing altogether. But instead, he's this sort of young guy who's wrestling old and also is going around and saying to people like, you're not this, you're not that. That's got to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Dusty Rhodes, I'm sure, loves it. But I guarantee he talked back to Ric Flair, and Ric Flair looked at JJ and just went. Well, he even sa- he even says it in an interview, but basically he like wrestles Jerry Lawler for the first time in the like early 70s, and then he comes back to Memphis in like 1980, and they have a good match, but he says it was weird talking to Jerry Lawler because he's now become the king of Memphis. Yeah, and he's But like- he knows him as the fucking... Weird kid with the comic books and the uh, one-year-old panties that he's sniffing. Yep. And the thing with it is, is that when you're Jimmy Golden, Jimmy Golden isn't like he never made it. Jimmy Golden is doing what he thinks is making it. Yeah, he's established. He's a he's a working professional wrestler who yeah. works all over the world. This guy toured Japan a year into his fucking career, and he worked for twenty something years. Went, like long that he was he's he re- consistently worked for twenty five years. Yeah. And the, but the weird thing about uh, this man is, and I think we can say it's m- mostly his downfall. Like in the '90s, he catches on just because of his relationship with Robert Fuller, obviously. Who and Robert Fuller and Dusty Rhodes. Who he tags with in the. It's in also one of those things stable. where, as a wrestler, it's very interesting because he's one of those things that he was never going to work and be used by anyone but WCW in the '90s or Jim Crock in the '80s. Because, as you said, he doesn't really have that body, or is he trying to get a character? He's literally just. My gimmick is I'm a wrestler named Jim. Yeah. I get in the ring and I lose some of the time. Other times, I'm the victor. Yeah. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to sit down. <laughs> but he doesn't He doesn't submit to like... Like, all right, the Road Warriors are pretty much his age when they get into wrestling, are they not? Yeah, they're about that age. But the thing is, the Road Warriors also... No, no, because by 80... No, the Road something, Warriors are younger. Okay, so he's thirty three. He's thirty three in nineteen eighty three. That's that's a hallmark because that's the first arcade. And whatever you want to say about the first WrestleMania, the first arcade was the like shot across the bow. Like this is national. This is being corporatized. Pro wrestling is going to yeah. be pretty much one company. So they had to use the emergency broadcast system to tell people to stop coming to the show. Really? Yeah. Sick. It was the set. The only other time they used that in that area was when Don Kernoodle and Sergeant Slaughter were having a steel cage match. <laughs> Don Kernoodle. It's so sad. And they had to. I mean, we say Don Kernoodle's dumb, but Sergeant Slaughter's also fucking dumb as shit. He's a mm. sergeant. And he's gonna slaughter you. But also, like, you look at the names now, and it'll be like Dolph Ziggler. Someone will be doing this podcast. Dolph Ziggler. I like what how the someone fuck will be doing is that? Po- it won't be us in ten years. We'll both be dead. What? I'll be alive. No, you won't. You'll be dead, buddy. You're eating butter right now. No, I'm not. I'm eating kale. I've been chewing kale this whole time. Well, then why does it look like butter, you fuck? Because it's butter kale. I put butter on kale. I even things out, John. I'm a man of the people and a man of the sheets. Does that make sense? No. Yes. It sounded like you fucked Dave Meltzer. I fucked <laughs> If I fucked Dave Meltzer. All right. Which wrestling journalist. He'd stop w- right in that. He'd miss a day of that thing. I tell you that. <laughs> to stop the end of the world, which wrestling journalist would you fuck? What do you mean? Oh, uh, Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, Mark Madden. I'd fuck Mark Madden. <laughs> so would I, weirdly. Yeah, I'd fuck him in his. I'd whisper in his ear and I'd just go, this one's freaking Cornette. <laughs> and I'd be, I'd be like, is that Major Guns? And then I'd blow my stinky load. I would 
Let's just put it this way. I would break his back doors out. <laughs> that means you'd tear his anus. Yo! And there was some anal tearing. Anyway, what the fuck were we talking about with regards to Jimmy Gogo? I don't know, and I, but, I, but I care. We're just talking about how he's sort of this weird thing of he's the youngest old wrestler. Yeah, he's a young old wrestler. Oh, I, oh yeah, what I was saying is that Starcade, the first 1983 Starcade, uh, you were saying that they had to have the emergency broadcast system for that. He still started. He still kept moving around. He didn't like sub. Everyone pretty much submitted that, you that need this to go was the system, system now, now, and that it was. Cool. He never did until thing, like it was too late because of the WWE winning the wrestling war. It's not acknowledged, but the thing was in that moment that was the beginning of the end of the NWA because it anointed Ric Flair as the champion. Ric Flair was essentially managed and controlled by. Um, Mid-Atlantic, which was Jim yeah. Crockett, which basically led to the rise within two years of the NWA was just Jim Crockett. Yeah. And they could go, we want someone else to be the champion, and he would go, no. Yeah. Which, by the way, was the worst idea that they could have fucking done because they actually should have attempted to keep a rotating system going, and that'd be the TV, and that's the big national thing because the Four Horsemen got so crazy hot, but they couldn't move past it. If you could have injured them off or have them go around and be making appearances in places they didn't go but were getting that television, that's like, holy shit. Tully Blanchard's here. The first first and only time that would ever have been said. But also the WWF, let's say this, did a... Absolute bang-up job of fighting. And also signed everyone that was big. There was no one on WCW or on NWA that you think could even hold a candle to Hulk Hogan. You're like, well, that guy's just so much fucking bigger than him. Yeah, it's one of those things where if if Ric Flair had jumped in the late 80s and appeared at SummerSlam, literally Jim Cornette would have burned his mink coat and walked into the sea. (laughs) Not old Jimmy, though. He was forming the stud stable. Obviously, we talked about that with Lolo Homan. And now he's in 1985. He's in the short-lived Continental Championship Wrestling. Yes, he Uh, is. He works with Austin Idol. Watch the hair. Austin Idol, by the way, apparently invested well in pizza restaurants around the Kentucky area. That's very fun. That's like Jamal Mashburn, who was in the NWA, in the NBA. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Racist. Ha ha, racist. No, it was about wrestling. Jamal Mashburn, uh, former NBA player, just did the, the funniest, I think the funniest and also smartest investment was he just bought like 40 TGI Fridays. Yeah. Everyone wants to open your own thing. Just buy a fucking franchise that's definitely going to succeed. So the CWA, they actually form another stud stable. This one, Robert Fuller. Wendell Cooley. Let's talk about the name Wendell Cooley. How cool is he? I didn't. (laughs) Can I say one thing just on the side? If you're like the G-O-double-T and you're thinking Robert Fuller, is that the huge fucking fat guy from WCW Saturday Night? No, this is Colonel Robert Parker. Yeah. Colonel Robert Parker used to have his shirt off, and it looked bad. Not good. His chest looks like Raquel Welsh's chest now. Ooh, you got a rib cage. (laughs) (laughs) Take that, you old fucking spit bitch. (laughs) The old bitch. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's good stuff. You would have never loved me if we met anyway. NCCW. Oh, right, Dylan. Uh, oh, right, Dylan. Wendell Cooley, The Detroit Demolition, Tom Pritchard, Cactus Jack, The Flame, Brian Lee, dot, 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 Fake Undertaker, and Gary Young. Jimmy Golden is quoted as saying, Mick Foley is going to kill himself. Uh, he says Brian, was, uh, Brian Lee was nice, 
but anxious to go to New York, and he left yeah. in 1986. Jimmy Golden, here's how young old Jimmy Golden was. He only ever calls the WWE New York. Yeah. He still calls it by his territory name. Yeah, he probably still calls Vince McMahon Jr. Hello, Jr. Uh, 180%. It's me, Jack Swagger's dad. God fucking damn it. I mean, he has worked at the company. And he probably knows to not call him Jr. I'm a man of the cloth, and I respect the father. <laughs> I guarantee that's what he says. I guarantee he's like, he's, he's Vince. You're Vince McMahon Jr. Here's the weird thing is that... My they, father was Captain Lou Albano. I feel like Jimmy Golden might be the touch of death, too. Because uh, you know that's a very good point. He shows up in a territory and say bye bye to profits and say hello to. Well, I mean, even like the he starts feuding with the Rock and Roll Express, but it's in 1988. And it's <laughs> like you know what I mean, where it's like, man, was this only a four year thing? I think what yes, it, is, it was. Is, I think what Jimmy Golden is he's around, but he's not hot. Like it's like he's not a job guy. It's a, he's the first wrestler that's just there. If it was a time of the internet, Jimmy Golden would be chanted on the at the Raw after WrestleMania. I don't think so. I think he's like he's a good hand. He's like he's like another guy, maybe like a he's just a, he's a he's a key player. It's a weird one though cuz like you say he learns wrestling in the 70s, so the 70s are really his high time. It's a lot like the equivalent of like when someone starts in like let's say Major League Baseball and they have four good years, and then they kind of level out as just like a contributor to the team. I agree. Like not a star, you know? But it looks like they're going to be a star because you're like, holy shit. Yeah. That first year, this guy's insane. He totally gets wrestling really fast. And then it's like, no, that's just as good as he's going to be forever because there's, yeah. There's no stopping Scotty Pippen. Oh, Lord, there's so much stopping Scotty Pippen. <laughs> Well, that's the whole thing where he he comes in this wrestling family, so he knows he knows there's other jobs available other than being the star of the territory. He just likes wrestling and he can do it. And also for sure for most of the 80s uh, is just doing it because it's the only way he knows to make a living. Like he's now got like a cleaning business and you can for sure he wanted to start that way earlier than he did. He Ironically just called had Golden Showers. Are you Na- serious? No. Is it called Bunkhouse Golden Showers? Oh, I hope it is. No, that's what Dusty Rhodes requested the last time he stayed at the Charlotte Hilton. Are you serious? Maybe I want to get a fire profit dude and then we'll pee on that. <laughs> we'll pee on the profit dude, baby. Um, does Buckhouse Buck go to Smoky Mountain? Of course he fucking does. Do they put the stud stable back together? Fuller, James, Dutch, Mantel. I fucking love Jim Cornette. I love it. You Jim kn- Cornette had it. This is Jim Cornette playing house. Oh, he's I ha- love hearing about Smoky Mountain because it's like Paul Heyman was trying to t- was doing like he had a creative vision and it feels like he was trying to do something to change the industry and to make a mark, and all Jim Cornette wanted <laughs> was to make the wrestling he saw as a kid for other kids. Yeah, and it, but it's like, finally, Weasel Dooley will know that my toys are better than his toys. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> That's totally what it is. That's really funny. It's very fun to say the name Weasel Dooley. Hey, Weasel, you think your fucking shit's good? I got Jimmy Golden over here. Yeah, that's right. He hadn't used a toilet since 1962. His daddy told him not to. That's how good a wrestler he is. Fun thing about Weasel Dooley, who was the co-creator of the five-star star ranking that is used by Jim Cornette and Dave Meltzer, cannot be found on the internet. They cannot find him. 
They know he's alive because he's reached out to Jim Cornette to say, please stop trying to find me. Weasel Dooley's probably the reason why some plays still, like, there's, he's the only person who still pays his bills in cash somewhere. You 100%. Know? We are running close to time because I have to go do a show. But let's talk quickly before we get to best and worst about why we came here in the first place. Bunkhouse Buck in WCW. How does he get in? Best fucking recommendation you can get. Sid Vicious says, this guy's really good, so you know everyone's going to really like him. And then he actually was. Who would have thought Sid Vicious recommending someone who would be actually be professional? Well, the thing with it is, is that Sid Vicious probably surrounds himself with qualified people so that when like Sid Vicious is literally like, I didn't book a hotel room, but I am going to sleep. Um, <laughs> he's like, I booked it for you, actually. I would feel also like he's probably friends with people who aren't like a threat to his like spot or anything. Yeah, absolutely. Like Jimmy Golden will take some goddamn choke slams. You know what I mean? And he knows, like Jimmy, will be like yeah, sure, you can yeah, choke slam me. Jimmy Golden, there's like, we need you to lose tonight. He's like, what? I'd be more uncomfortable with winning. That's <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. He comes in and he feuds with Dustin Rhodes immediately in a a bunkhouse buck has a, in a in a bunkhouse stampede match because of course, Why and. And uh, I'm trying to think of another character. I was trying to think of this. What's another character who came in just to feud with a guy? He's almost like not Nails. Yeah, I was gonna, Nails. Giant Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. He's like it sounds weird, but that's what they thought of Dustin Rhodes at this time, where it's like he's a legacy Holy character, shit, and yeah. he's yeah. They he they bring in characters just to fight him. Super super fun fun. But then of course. Bunkhouse Buck. Woo! Part of the stud stable again. Uh, being led now this time by Colonel Robert Parker. Uh, to be Buckhouse I Buck. I love. He's covered in mud and is a tag team <laughs> with Arne Anderson. They lose to Kevin uh, Caddis Jack and Kevin Sullivan. Um, I would love it if Bunkhouse Buck just always shit his pants or something. Oh, oh man. That's what it looks he like. He looks so dirty. He, looks the, <laughs> he was just muddy all the time. Woo! That was a shotgun. Did you just break the chair? No. You did, you fat bitch. No, I didn't. I don't think it's broken. Dylan got the fat bitch. He did not. And then he teams with Dick Slater in the 90s. Nothing better than the idea of Dick Slater. Bunkhouse Buck and Dick, Dirty Dick, Dick Slater. Slater. And by the way, they weren't called Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater. By the 1994, when I was watching, it was Dirty Dick and Buckhouse Bunk. Or Bunkhouse Buck. Dirty Dick and I, Dirty Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this. Do you remember the APA shirts they had that were just APA and then it spelled out always pounding ass? <laughs> no. <laughs> Try and find that on the internet. Because they're up there and it's funny. Always pounding ass. <laughs> like, I'm not surprised. It is wrestling after all, and you know, when wrestling be wrestling, wrestling be wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Well that's what I like that's what I like so much about Bunkhouse Buck is that when I was a kid I didn't know what a bunkhouse was because I was grew up in the goddamn dirty north as a Yankee supporter being oh. a Canadian. And uh tell you this, I just thought he was a hobo that was shit himself. And I was like, Oh, this bunkhouse guy poops his pants. It's actually scarier to learn that he had a twenty year career and this was his what you would hope was his swan song. But oh boy, does he keep wrestling in a post WCW world. Of course he does. He doesn't know how to do anything else. He started wrestling when he was nineteen. And just to show that Eric B uh, Bischoff for sure wasted money, he was with WCW off and on till the end. 
Where the fuck was he? He probably was a... Uh, he was on Saturday night fighting with Holden One Barry Darso. He was being yelled at by Eric Bischoff. He tell, says New York a lot. Doesn't want to go to New York. Doesn't like the boys from New York. He doesn't like the NWO. He but thinks- this is the... Uh- <laughs> Sorry, I just looked at the APA always pounding ass bar and grill shirt. Oh my God in fucking heaven. Burner. Derner. Pumping. Pumping butts. And then what does he do? Does he start that cleaning company in a post-WCW world? No. He just wrestles in the indies a lot as both Jimmy Golden and Bunkhouse Buck. And then finally gets his big break. He goes to New York and is Jack Swagger's dad and gets attacked by MVP a lot. Which is great. And that's how Jimmy Golden should be used. He probably, I would say, if WCW, he's one of those weird things where it's like he wasn't established at all in the WWF. Like He never works in the WWF until he's Jack Swagger's dad. And if he had have worked in the WWF beforehand, if he would have just found a way into that in just being a job guy for a bit, if he would have just got a six, just did some roids for a couple years, then he probably would have been a road agent right now. Because this guy obviously knows a lot about wrestling. And also, by the way, is who you want in a road agent because he's yeah. literally able to be like, no, you do. If you do a fucking, code, he's an editor. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, oh no, let's fucking ground this in some fucking reality. It's in the way that you can tell that when Arn Anderson was put in charge of revitalizing the tag team division after WrestleMania 20, and like all the tag matches got really good for two years because he was like, uh, we're not doing the hot tag for a while. We're gonna make these competitive matches, and then Vince McMahon realized that his show was two hours long and realized that there was tag teams happening. Break them all up. <laughs> Pray them up, God damn it. I was fucking t- I don't like the number four. Here's what I do like. That's how many stepdads I Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick won the tag team titles from Harlem Heat. Oh my god. In a match where they were the baby faces for sure. They would have to be the baby faces because if it's the South in the nineties, we still remember. Ooh. All right. Before we go to best worst, how do you who, how much do you think Jimmy Golden likes Donald Trump? I'm gonna say a lot. But well, are you seeing if he has Twitter? No, I've not seen his Twitter. What? Are you seeing if he has Twitter, I say? Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, I'll do my best while we find this out. I think the best thing about Jimmy Golden, he's an absolute professional and uh, a cred- and like a necessary part of a wrestling show. Um, I use this kind of, uh, but he is a really great tag team wrestler, and I think it was kind of a missed opportunity to put him in a team, in a heel team with like a huge guy. Does that make sense? Get this. Jimmy Golden, not on Twitter. Let's see if Bunkhouse Buck is. That makes sense. I got news for you. If he's not on Twitter, I want a fan to start that Twitter. <laughs> a Twitter followed by three people because the only people know who Jimmy Golden the is. The first thing that comes up when you put in... Um, Bunkhouse Buck Twitter is Bunkhouse Buck doesn't belong on the same planet with Dusty. Period. Come on. And it's a tweet by Dennis King that's at D King B H. And it's just a match of uh, Dusty Rhodes. Was he tweeting live? He was just live tweeting. That's the weird thing. Sometimes people live tweet and they have no followers and they don't initiate someone to what they're live tweeting. Yeah, it's pretty great. And I also, love Twitter. This guy's Twitter bio. Blogger Emeritus, Oilers, Jokes, Gambling, Blue Jays Hatred, Get Your Validation at Home. 
Fuck yeah, Dennis King. Get your validation at home, baby. I gotta tell you. What does that mean? None of us are sure, Dennis King. I'll tell you what this thing, Dennis King, I'm gonna tell you how I feel validated by telling you here's the best thing about Buck has bunk. He had a career for twenty he had a career for over forty years. No. He stopped oh, wrestling yeah. in two thousand and eleven. Yeah, you're right. Over 40 years. He re- he was wrestling seven years after Ric Flair retired the first time. Goddamn right he was. You want to know why? Because he grabbed a motherfucking single leg. Damn right. Single leg. Float over. Yeah. You. Arm bar. <laughs> Go fucking slap that arm. We're doing a rest spot as our high spots. Wrist. Wrist lock into other wrist lock. Speed it up. The fuck you mean? I did two abdominal stretches. Yeah. No talking, ladies and gentlemen. I hit him with my finisher. My finisher. I don't say her. I say finisher. Headlock takeover into head scissors. Dylan, what's the best thing for you? Uh, I said that. I said he's a cre- He's like a, he's just a real professional, and he's one of those unsung people uh, who, I mean, f- for sure, if you wanted to hear about Bunkhouse Buck, then uh, we're the only option for you. Nice. <laughs> We have that market fucking cornered. And the worst thing about him is he didn't adapt whatsoever to the style in the 80s and was a stick in the mud by, I'm assuming, 30. Wrong. Here's okay. the worst thing about him. What's the wrong worst thing? He appeared on television covered in dirt and mud and never told anyone anyone how he appeared so dirty but never got that dirt on anyone else. <laughs> Every other wrestler. Oh, yeah. It was like dirt makeup. I, it must have been. Either that or he was imbued with so much white trash DNA that he's just like, I look dirty even when I'm clean. Ladies and gentlemen, for Dylan Gott, my name is John Hastings. I am a much better wrestler, and I'm a much better podcaster, and I'm a much better comedian. And Firstly, better you're not. Secondly, the greatest tag team of all time, Bunkhouse Buck and Mike Enos, will take us out. Mike Enos? <laughs> they, just, they just put him in the ring with people at the end. Hey, do you know what Mike Enos's middle name is? Eunice. Uh, Peter. Mike P. Enos. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you're fat. Photos and hey, it's going to be a great night, a great couple of nights for two guys right here. Ron Wright, the dirty white boy, will be there. Let me tell you something. It's going to be one of the greatest nights in history. And I'm kind of down and out and disgusted because all of these people out here didn't send in their donation to help poor old Ron Wright get his open heart surgery and have a hip implant. But let me tell them people something. I've got the dirty white boy out now in training, out in the back alley, walking the streets, kicking people's teeth out, biting dogs, whatever he's got to do. I've got that man charged up, and he's ready. When he gets in here in this volunteer slam, people better back up, look out, and pay attention to Ron Wright and the dirty white boy. What about Jim Golden, Jimmy? Good man, Ron Wright. Right. I'm going to send you a donation, brother. You just hang on in there. Appreciate white it, boy's going to win it. If Appreciate he don't, it. Jimmy Golden's going to win it. The 22nd Volunteer Slam. I'm going to tell you something, Robert Gibson. You run in your mouth. You better bring more than Ajax with you, sonny boy, when you step in the ring with Jimmy Golden. Fans, that's going to be on May 22nd, Knoxville Coliseum. What a night. The Knoxville Slam. Don't miss it. It's a great night of